Um, I mean, I'm telling you, really proud that you guys made it in here to study the Word of God, right? Because you could be doing something else in this sunny day because we don't have very many. So I'm very proud of you, all right? All right, so we are in Daniel 12. And, and, Dan, and, and I wanted you to make sure that you have this timeline kind of thing because Daniel 12 goes into, you know, over the centuries, God has revealed um, to mankind his pattern for the future. Okay, over the centuries, this is what God does, right? He's totally in control. We've learned through Daniel. The major theme of Daniel is God is sovereign, right? He will do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, with who he wants, okay? But he wants to engage us. He has human agents that he works through. Remember, Jeremiah prophesied, Daniel read it, and then he prayed for his people, right? And then Cyrus, who didn't even acknowledge God, decreed it. So Daniel's whole theme is, I'm sovereign, I'm ruler over all, my plan will not be thwarted, it will go on, okay? And so we have that settled assurance like Daniel does, that you just walk in the good of that, that he's in control. Okay, that's trusting. That's trusting. Now, in, in Daniel 12, 1 through 4, we're only going to hit 1 through 4 today because it's, it, it's so um, intense. And then the other ones are just, I think it just goes through, is it 7? 5 through, what's the last one? 5 through 13. Then we'll finish with uh, 5 through 13 next week. And I have a little assignment for you between now and, and um, next week because I think you'll enjoy doing it, though. Um, so, in 12... We see, you know, God has revealed to mankind his pattern for the future. And sometimes throughout, throughout history, he reveals huge segments, okay, uh, in the future, okay? He, re- in, he unveils large segments of his plan, okay? And other times he just gives us just glimpses of his plan. And and he does this purposely because his ways aren't our ways, right? His thoughts aren't our thoughts, okay? And so he allows that. And and eventually, the Lord wrapped up his written revelation to us in the book of what? Revelation. revelation. There was the clue, right? The, in the book of Revelation, okay? And he gave us this, um, com, you know, this completion of the Apostle John's letter. Um, revelation of Jesus Christ to the seven churches, okay, and it was called Revelation. Now, in Revelation 20, all right, it contains some of the information, <coughs> excuse me, that helps explain Daniel 12, 1 through 4, okay, Revelation 20 does, okay, and, and what it basically it says is there will be separate fates for, or destinies for believers and unbelievers. That's basically what it says. Okay? That there's going to be separate destinies for believers and unbelievers. And the reason we study prophecy is to what? Sober us up. Right? To sober us up because our promises are amazing as believers. And as unbelievers, people in our you know family, in our sphere of influence, whoever we know, right? We want to be about leading a holy, you know, life under the Lord, right? In our conduct, because it says we then through that can lead them to Him, and that's why we want to study prophecy, because we are leading Him, leading them to Him, as well as we're speeding His coming. It says in Second Peter. So. When you look at Revelation 20, um, and I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to describe it all because I will describe it as we go through Revel- uh, Daniel um, 12, 1 through 4. But I want you to open up to Revelation 20 uh, and 
Let's see, where do I want you at here? Revelation 20. Well, you know what? All of Revelation 20. All of Revelation 20. Okay. Now, this is John talking. Uh, Island of Patmos. He was uh, exiled there for his faith, and, and the Holy Spirit is having him write this down as a revelation of Jesus Christ. This is a vision he sees. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss, and holding in his hand a great chain. He sees the dragon. Okay, who's the dragon? Satan, that ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, tells you right there, and bound him for a thousand years. Thousand years. Does that ring a bell? Look at your timeline. Thousand years? When's the thousand years? When it happened. The millennial kingdom, right? Thousand years, okay? And bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image. Beast. Who is the beast? Antichrist. They had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Thousand years. What is that? Millennial kingdom, right? The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who have, who have part, who have what? Oh, have a part? Have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. When is that thousand years? Millennial kingdom, right? Millennial kingdom. Okay. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. In number, they are like the sand on the seashore. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil, who deceived them, was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast... Who's that? Antichrist and the false prophet, right? That's the, th- the unholy trinity, right? False prophet. Had been thrown. They were tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and the death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name, very important verse here, Revelation twenty fifteen. If anyone's name was not written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Okay, as true as true as John 3.16 that we all love, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will never perish but will have everlasting life. That's just as true. That's just as true. That sobers us up. That sobers us up. Okay, and so Daniel uh, 12, 1 through 4, this is a time that was huge trouble for Israel. Okay, and 
This falls on the heels of the prophecy that was just told Daniel um, concerning the seven-year tribulation. When we learned in Daniel 11 um, about the seven-year tribulation, I'd, I'd keep your little you know timeline in front of you so you can see that. Okay, the seven-year tribulation we learned that in Daniel 11:36 through 45 uh, last week. All right, so this this setting is on the heels of the prophecy concerning the tribulation. Okay, now, let's go to Daniel 12. Turn to Daniel 12, and we will read, I think I'll just read, uh, well, you know what, I think I might read the whole thing, let's see. The end times, Daniel 12. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. Now, who's speaking? Here. An angel, excellent. An angel talking to Daniel in answer to Daniel's prayer for his people. Remember, Daniel cried out for 21 days. At the end of the 21 days, you know, there came an angel as an answer, giving him the answer to the vision and the prophecy. Okay? At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others, one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man clothed in linen, who is above the waters of the river. How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, lifted his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, It will be for a time, times, and a half a time. Ever hearing that before? Okay. When the power of the holy people has been finally broken, all these things will be completed. I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked, my Lord, what will the outcome of this all this be? He replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation, have we heard that? Abomination that causes desolation is set up. There will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. Wouldn't you love that? That angel telling you that? You go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. All right? Now, we're not going to go into the end of Daniel at this moment. We're going to go into the beginning of Daniel. And and the end of Daniel will be the culmination um, next week, okay, of uh, Daniel 12. Because it's very important to know verses 1 through 4 here. Because this is a future time. In, in verse 1a, he says, it's a future time and trouble for Israel. Remember? This prophecy is about the Jews. Remember this? Okay? It's about the Jews. It's for the... It's, remember, he first came for the Jews and then for the Greeks. And what did the Jews do? Rejected him. 
They rejected him. So then what? Then God said, okay, they rejected him. Then Jesus, you know, said, okay, then we're going to go to who? The Gentiles. And there are only two kinds of people in this world, Jew or Gentile. Okay? And so, and so the Gentiles then were grafted in into what the Jews uh, already had, right, in, in God. All right, so... He says, at that time, verse 1a, at that time, Michael shall stand up. Okay, at that time, okay. It means what is described um, happens in the same era, okay. It means it happens in the exact same era of time, at that time. Michael shall stand up. Michael is often associated with spiritual battle. Remember, Michael is the big archangel, right? We can hardly wait to meet Archangel Michael. He's been the one who is the protector of Israel, okay? And he always has been, and he always will until the end of time, all right? So so, um, uh, in Daniel 10, we heard about him being a spiritual... in a, in a spiritual battle, in, in Jude 1 9, he's in a spiritual battle. In Revelation 12, verse 7, he's in a spiritual battle. He seems to be always battling um, for Israel and against whoever is coming against Israel. And so when you look at Michael as the archangel, Michael is the true opposite of Satan. Remember, the Antichrist isn't opposite Christ. It was what? Instead of. Remember, instead of, right? He was going to come as a deceiver, right? And intrigue people and instead of Christ, okay? But it doesn't mean he's opposite of. Because Jesus is overall, right? God is overall. Nobody can, can be opposite of him, all right? However, Michael, the archangel, is opposite, is the true opposite of Satan, okay? Um, Satan is not the opposite of Jesus. He is the opposite of Michael because Satan was a high rank, is the high-ranking evil angel. Michael is the high-ranking good angel, okay? So the two of them collide. Thankfully, Michael wins all the time because he's on God's side. <laughs> All right. All right. So, Michael shall stand up. At that time, Michael shall stand up. Remember, this is future time of trouble for Israel we're talking about. At that time, Michael shall stand up. All right. And it says, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. Right. So, he's the spiritual warrior and he has a special job protecting Israel. Okay. Can you imagine? God's like, okay, you're going to need to protect my people in Israel. Really? Great. That's going to be a busy one, God. Okay? Yeah. Until the end of time. Oh, excellent. You equip me, I'll go. No problem, right? Okay, and so God has appointed Michael as the special guardian over Israel. Okay? And he will deliver her from tribulation in the last days. Okay? It says, at that time Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of what? Happy? Great time? Feasting? Trouble. Excellent. There will be a time of trouble. All right. This is the time of the great persecution that we talked about for Israel and the world calamity known as the great what? Tribulation. The seven years of time, where will we be as believers during the great tribulation? Heaven will be raptured out of here, right? This is what's going on down on earth. Believers uh, will be raptured out of here, as you see on the timeline, and then the tribulation shall begin. Then the Antichrist will come to power. His uh, goon, the false prophet, and um, 
and, and Satan, of course, he's uh, empowered by him. All right, so this is also called a time of Jacob's trouble. When I was looking this up in the Old Testament, Old Testament and New Testament are always, always hand in hand. It's revealing it. And in the Old Testament, it says the time of Jacob's trouble is in Jeremiah 30, verse 7, meaning the same thing, meaning the time of tribulation. Okay? Which he goes on to say then, such as never was seen since, excuse me, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. Okay. Now, would you say that the Jewish people have gone through lots and lots of trouble? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's just go, just, just think of a, a few of them, okay? Let's just think of through history, okay? Uh, through the horrors at the fall of Samaria, okay, and Jerusalem. Then we talked about Antiochus Epiphanes, okay? Okay, and all, you know, the fourth, all, all the horrendous stuff he did. Right? Then we talked about the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans. Remember, because it was Babylon. Then who beat Babylon? Mede Persia. Then who beat Mede Persia? Greece. Greece. Then who beat Greece? Rome. Rome. Okay. Rome. Okay. And so we've got um, the destruction of Jerusalem by Rome. Then we've got the persecution of, of the um, Jews in the Dark Ages. Okay. In the Dark Ages. Then we've got. Um, um, uh, the 20th century what? Horrible what? Holocaust. Excellent. Holocaust. The horrible Holocaust. The 20th century. Okay? And so it seems that Israel's history has always been besieged with times of trouble. Okay? However, the angel tells Daniel, this time of trouble, this time of trouble will be different. This will be the worst time of trouble that Israel has ever seen before. Okay, remember, these are his chosen people. Okay, the judgment is coming out. Jesus quotes in Matthew 24, 21 about this passage. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been seen since the beginning of the world. Until this time, no, nor ever shall be. So even Jesus reconfirms this, all right? And, and what makes this time terrible? Okay, well, in Revelation 12, I want you to write this down. I want you to read it this week for lack of, of time. I want you to read this. Revelation 12, 13 through 17, okay? It describes the fury of the devil that's directed against the Jewish people during this time. During this time we're talking about is what? The, tribulation. the tribulation. The tribulation, okay? It will be directed towards the Jews, all right? Um, when you read about the trumpets trumpets, and the seals and the bowls of Revelation, they all describe horrific conditions of the world in general during this time, during the tribulation time, okay? And the Jewish people will be full-out targets of fury by the devil, okay? And the Antichrist and the false prophet during this time, okay? And they will live in this world in an incredible upheaval because of the judgment of God. The Jew has always been the target of Satan. Oh, why? Why? Chosen people, right? God's people. I mean, who, who's a Jew? Jesus, right? Okay, so the Jews have always been the target of God's people, okay? And and um, I'm sorry, the Jews have always been a target 
of Satan. Okay, always have been. He has sought to destroy them because he knew that God has um, ordained to accomplish his purposes through that nation. Remember with Abraham? It started with Abraham and he was going to continue to do his purposes through that nation. And if he was able, if Satan was able to have done, you know, his, his dastardly duties kind of thing, Jesus wouldn't have been, would he? Right? And so he knew, you know, that, that he was going after them, okay? And so Satan has attempted to destroy that nation of Israel time and time and time again to thwart the purposes of God. Will God's purposes be thwarted? No. No. Even though it looks crummy. Even if your own circumstances look like, whoa, man, oh, wow, this is, you know, wow, this is more than I would think. This is more than I, you know, and it's like, no, no, see, Margo, I've got this done in the heavenlies, right? My purposes, my purposes for my glory and for your good will be accomplished, will be accomplished. I want you to live in the settled assurance to trust me and that I'm in control over and over and over again. That's all we need to do. That's all we need to do. That's how, we're need, that's how we need to walk in his presence, in his presence, in his presence, in his presence, okay? And so, um, so Satan thinks he can do this, but he cannot. He, you know, he, he's been trying and trying and trying. The guy really isn't the sharpest tool in the toolbox, okay? Because he obviously cannot, okay? This is God, and God's purposes will not be thwarted, okay? So you go to verse... 1B, and he talks about the promise of deliverance then. Okay? 1A was all about a future time of trouble for Israel. And then my two favorite words in the Bible. But God! But God! Right? I mean, he has all this stuff going on. This looks terrible. But God! Right? He's on the scene before we are. He's doing everything that, you know, possible to show us the way. And he's like, watch me, watch me, watch me. So there's a time of deliverance. He says, and at that time, in 1B, your people, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book. Now, this is the angel's message to Daniel. Okay, and remember, angel, the angel's message to Daniel has been rather bleak up until this time. We went through Daniel 11, right? Okay, I mean, this stuff has been rather bleak. Okay, up until this time, and and then it's the whole God factor. Okay, it's the the but God. Okay, because God's people will be vindicated. They will be vindicated, and God's enemies will be judged. Remember, He's the one who's going to do it. We don't need to get involved. He has. He does it righteously. He does it perfectly. We would mess it up. Right? He's the one who gets vengeance. He's the one that does so. Okay? And so with regard to this truth, the angel reveals groups of people now. He goes on and reveals groups of people and their destinies. Okay? Like we talked about in Revelation 20, which I will review for you. Alright? So he says, At that time, uh, your people shall be delivered. Okay? Despite all the terrors of that time. What time are we talking about? Tribulation, okay? Despite all the terrors of that time, deliverance is assured, okay? No matter how great the attack is against the Jewish people, God has promised to rescue them. He's promised to rescue them. He will never, ever, ever break his promise to Abraham. He's the covenant-keeping God. And if he doesn't break it to Abraham, he's not going to break it to who? 
to me. So what do you do? You plead his promises. You don't mope in the problems. You plead his promises. You walk in his promises, right? You know that you know that these are his promises. They will always be kept. They always have been, always are, always will be because it's based on God and who he is. It's not based on me. It's not based on Daniel. It's not based on the Jewish people. It's based on who he is. And his plans will not be thwarted. And he will continue to show his glory in that. All right? And so he says, um, um, at that time, you people shall be delivered. Now, terror is upon them, but deliverance is assured. Okay, so, and even now, whatever you're going through, okay, deliverance is assured. He, one of his names is the Deliverer, right? With a capital D, the Deliverer. He will either deliver you in the problem, or he will deliver you out of the problem. But either way, you are delivered. You are delivered. He's the Deliverer, okay? And so no matter how great the attack is against the Jewish people at this time, he has promised to preserve them and he will never break his promise to Abraham which says in Genesis 17 verse 7 and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you are we descendants of Abraham? oh yeah father Abraham and many sons, many sons had father. I sang that too. I sang, Becca was nannying the other day, and this little kid, eight months old, is in this swing, and I'm pushing him. He's looking at me, and I'm trying to make him laugh, and he's just cute as a bug, okay? And, and I'm going, Father Abraham has many sons, and I keep pushing it, baby. And then I said, you know, right arm, left arm, and he is like trying to like do it, and then I went, Turn around, turn around, turn around. And he started laughing. And I and then I said, sit down, right? And then he's like, oh, this little eight-month-old singing Father Abraham. So fun, so fun. But you guys, that song is truer than true. That's truer than true, right? He will not break his covenant. That's who he is. That's who we can depend on. That's who are, you guys. And the more you know who God is, the more you do your non-negotiable face-to-face time with him, guess what? The more you can walk. And knowing who he is without being rattled. That's what he wants for you. He wants to walk in the joy of the Lord is your strength. Like Marilyn's friend Jackie, right? That this is happening. Guess what? Guess what? There's fallen world stuff. I didn't want it this way, but you know what? You got me, and that's all you need. That's all you need. You just keep walking. You just keep walking. And he says, I will not break my covenant. You know who breaks the covenant? We do. We do. We do. We do. Remember? We're the ones that scoot down the bench. How come we don't sit so close anywhere together? Uh, I haven't moved. You moved, right? Right? We're the ones that break the covenant. All right. And so, and so, at this time, God's people will be vindicated, and and God's enemies will be judged. And so, with regard to this truth, the angel then reveals groups of people to Daniel and their destiny. Okay. He shares about um, this promise of deliverance isn't for every last person of the Jewish heritage, is it? It's for what? For everyone found what? Written written in the book of life that we just read in Revelation 20. Okay? For everyone found written in the book of life. Okay, that's the book of life. The book of life is the chronicle which lists the name of every human being, every human being who is trusted in Jesus as their Savior. It doesn't matter if it's, you know... Okay, Abraham had to come to God through faith as well. 
You know that, right? It was always through faith that you come to know God as your Savior. And we happen to be church age. So Jesus has died for us once and for all. So it's the sacrifice. So then we are church age. So it's Jesus. Prior to church age, it was God the Father, right? And they needed to do sacrifices for their sin. So he would atone it. Okay, So he would cover it. He would look over it. He'd pass over it. Because they did it according to putting sin on an innocent animal. Okay, someone had to take that. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. But every single person in the Old Testament that you hear about, like in the Hall of Faith and things, they had to come to know God the Father by faith. And then, just like we do, just like we do, except they had to do it by their sacrifices. We do it by believing in the one sacrifice because Jesus has done it all for us already. Okay, otherwise we'd still be in the sacrificial mode. Right? You'd be out getting the lambs, you'd be out getting the, right? Right? But Jesus did it once and for all for us. And so when it says, God then said, I, you're righteous. You're righteous. You're righteous. He went, he went and he declared you righteous. When he saw your faith in in the Old Testament, when he saw the faith of the, you know, prophets of, of the of old, he declared them righteous. Righteous. Righteous, just like we're declared righteous by faith through Jesus in the church age. Okay? But it's always by faith. Always by faith, not by works. All right? And so that's how we come to the point of being written in the book of life. All right? In the book of life. All right? So, so each Jew who places their faith in Jesus during the tribulation, during the tribulation, seven years, will be preserved through that period and eventually delivered from it. Okay? Uh, that um, is in Revelation 7, 2 through 8. And we just read it in, in Daniel 12, 1b as well, uh, where he talks about the Jews will be delivered from this. Um, and these Jews and all other saints, we're either a saint or a... Ain't. Okay, you're either a believer or a non-believer, you're either a saint or an ain't. Okay, there's no such thing as a super saint. Okay, like, you know, here we call St. Teresa, wonderful woman of God. I loved, I'm going to meet her in heaven, wonderful woman of God, okay? But she's not any more special than you are, right? You're either a saint or you're an ain't, all right? So, um, these Jews and all other saints who survive the tribulation, all right? Ones who've come to Christ during the tribulation. Okay, all the other Christians are where in the tribulation? We're out of here, right? Because we're raptured. Okay, we're raptured. Tribulation starts. People come to Christ in the by the droves because they're like, "Whoa, whoa, that is true. Wow, that is true." Remember, it'll be easier to die for Christ during the trib than it will be to live. However, those who live, okay, uh, who survive the tribulation, will and, and the other saints that we just talked about, the Jews, okay, will be the ones who will repopulate the earth during the millennial kingdom. Did you ever think about that? How cool is that? They'll be the ones who will repopulate the earth during the millennial kingdom. We won't because why? I mean, if it comes to a rapture, because we, we you don't, you're not given the marriage, you don't do that, right? Okay, but they will be. How cool is that, right? They'll be the ones to repopulate the earth during the millennial kingdom. Now, um, go to verse um, 2, verse 2, all right? This is about the resurrection of the dead. All right, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Remember, the angel is talking to Daniel, telling him what's going to be happening. 
Sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. All right. All believers and unbelievers who have died will be bodily resurrected at the end of the tribulation. We know that from 1 Thessalonians. I want you to read this this week. All right. I want you to dig in. We know that through 1 Thessalonians 4, 14 through 17. Okay, we know in in First Thessalonians four, fourteen through seventeen, that the first group of believers to be resurrected will be only those who trusted Christ during the church age. Who's that? Raise your hand if you trusted Christ during the church age. Okay, all right, excellent. Okay, will be those who trusted Christ during the church age. This resurrection event will occur at the time of the. Rapture. At the time of the rapture, okay? I want you to understand these different resurrections that will happen. Okay? So we're going up, we, we go up, and then the dead go up. That have trusted. Yes. Prior, dead, go dead go first. Dead in Christ rise first, then us. Then us. Then us, yep. Yep. We all go. Yep. I'm confused by that. So aren't they already in? Uh, bo- uh, resurrected body. Resurrected. Oh, whole body goes. Yes, okay. resurrected. Okay. Body now, yep. Instead of just the spirit. always comes up about cremation. And <clears throat> even if you're cremated, God still gives you a resurrected body. Because why? Because it's not flesh and blood. Right. Excellent. It's not flesh and blood. It's what? Spirit. Spirit. It's, it's, and we don't, it, and it'll be like his body was. Remember when he was resurrected? Think about when he was resurrected and he came back, right? And he showed himself to people. Okay. If you noticed, he still ate. He ate, made, he made fish, remember that? He ate, okay. But if you noticed, he could walk through doors, remember that? He'd walk through walls, he'd do all kinds of stuff, remember that? Now before, when he was all God, all man, okay, remember, he could not do that, okay? However, resurrected body, right? So we know, see, our body is made for this earth. Right? He made our body for this earth, but our spirit is made for where? Heaven, okay? And so he can put whatever body he wants to around it because we're going to have, you know, we needed this body to get around on this earth that he made, okay? Whatever body he gives us to get around in the millennial kingdom and in new heaven and new new earth, great, great, because I know I'll be able to eat all the guac I want without gaining a pound. <laughs> That'll be just great. Avocado trees, right? Oh, the tr- oh, you kidding me? Tree of life, man. On either side of the river, I'm sure it's avocado tree. I'm sure of it, right? I mean, look at what everybody's finding out about it, right? The best fruit ever. So I'm telling you, Lord. It starts with an A, too. There you go. So, we... Okay, let me repeat this. One of the resurrections here, okay. Um, 1 Thessalonians 4, 14 through 17. The first group of believers to be resurrected will be only those who have trusted Christ during the church age. Okay, and this resurrection event will be occur. Oh, I'm sorry, will occur at the time of the rapture. At the time of the rapture. Okay. Now, um, the second group of believers, the second group of believers to be resurrected, will be saints. Right, saints or saints. Saints who died prior to the church age. Prior to the church age, okay, when did the church age start? That's right, okay. Prior to the church age, and those who died during the trip. Okay, second group of 
uh, believers to be resurrected will be the saints who died. I'll give you the verses for this. This is not Margot message. This is the Word of God. Okay? The Word of God. All right? Second group of believers who resurrected will be saints who died prior to the church age and those who died during the tribulation. Yes, only saints. Yes, only saints. Okay? Um, they will be raised from their graves when Jesus returns to establish what? Millennial, millennial kingdom. His millennial kingdom. Okay? That is in Isaiah 26, 19 through 21. Isaiah 26, 19 through 21. First Corinthians 15, 20 to 24. Remember, read it in context, 20 before, 20 after. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 24. Uh, and then 51 through 57. Oh, 1 Corinthians 15. And then lastly, Revelation 20, which we had read before, verses 4 through 6. Okay? So we've got the first group of believers that are resurrected. We have the second group of believers who are resurrected. Isaiah 26, 19 through 21. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 24, and 51 through 57, and Revelation 20, 4 through 6. Okay? The third group... Can I ask you one thing? You said that they will be raised from their graves, and then you said something else, and I lost it. When Jesus returns to establish the Millennial Kingdom. Alrighty? So the third group, the third group will be all deceased unbelievers all deceased unbelievers will be resurrected we're going to read this here will be resurrected and judged according to their deeds they'll be judged according to their deeds okay that they performed while they were here on earth this resurrection will happen following the thousand year reign of Jesus the Millennial Kingdom. Okay? Now, just hold on to it because I will... Okay? This this third group, okay, which are all the deceased unbelievers. Okay? They'll be resurrected and judged according to their deeds they performed alive here on earth, when they were alive here on earth. This will happen, this resurrection of theirs, will happen following the thousand year reign of Jesus following the millennial kingdom we read about that in Revelation 20 verses 5 through 13 after the millennial kingdom yes following at the very end like you could write it on your little sheet if you would like to you know where where it is okay are they is this the part where Jehovah's Witnesses they're it, or are they come in earlier? Do they? Because they they'll be judged according to their deeds only. Because this is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Okay. This is it. Okay. And since works can't save anyone, correct? Right. Works can't save it. Romans three twenty three, right? Romans three twenty one through thirty. Read it. Romans three twenty one through thirty. Works can't save anyone. Okay. Only Jesus's death on the cross took. Are hit. We couldn't possibly have done that, right? We cannot. We accept the gift of Jesus, right? And and so, Ephesians two eight nine also says, not by works, 
right? Lest any man would boast. All right. So we so since works can't save anyone, according to Romans three and, and Ephesians two, all unbelievers will be sentenced to everlasting punishment in hell. That's Matthew twenty-five, forty-one through forty-six. Who's that, Matthew 5? 25, 41 through 46. And 2 Thessalonians 1, 6 through 9. And lastly, we're back to Revelation. Revelation 20, 14 and 15. Okay? Well, unless they've come to Christ. Right, unless they've been found in the Lamb's Book of Life. Yeah. Okay? So... So I want I want to back up here a minute, okay? Now let's realize in verse two, where it says, "And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt." Okay, we just covered all of that. Okay, so many of those that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Okay, um, it means obviously the resurrection of the what body. The resurrection of the body, okay? Some to everlasting life, which we talked about, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. The Bible clearly teaches two resurrections, okay? One for the saved and one for the damned. Remember how mom said, remember my mom, Miranie's mom, right, said what? When she went to the, to the, um, at age 82, when she went to the um, assisted living, these people are going to have to trip over me before they get to what? Damnation. Before the damnation, right? That's how we're supposed to live. That's how we're supposed to live because there's two resurrections. There's the resurrection uh, for the saved and there's the resurrection for the damned. Okay? And that's in John 5, verse 29. And once again, what we read in the beginning, Revelation 20, 4 through 6, and 11 through 15. And you know what, ladies? If we really believed that every one of us would live forever, it would profoundly change your life. If you really believed that every single one of us lived forever, it would profoundly change your life. And it wouldn't change so much the way you deal with your health and your physical fitness. It, it could. I mean, you, you would probably want to do better. But to me, it's like... It would change the way I think, the way I act, the way I right. look at each other. I mean, my judgment. That's right. I was thinking, I thought a fabulous clean woman. She's been with me for years. And she's a Jehovah's Witness. And she has been writing to everything that the public attends. She's been to their big convention, and she's been in it for years. And she knows, born again, we talked about it. And I, I, I don't know that I can reach her. She's very steeped in it. But, but the Lord has told me, you're doing okay because she has to move all your Bible and books. <laughs> and she has to look at your cross, and she has to look at your little sayings and things like that. And, you know, she has to look. It's just like, and she loves to come over and clean my house. She says, you don't have, you don't make a mess. She says, but, God. You know, Lord, I'm going to start leaving more than you have. Amen. Amen. I, 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 I am expecting to see Jesus on my Kindle, but I thought, I'm going to get myself a book like that and leave it right here. 
That's right. And, and Amen. And she'll pick it up. I know she doesn't, she's not inquisitive about it. She doesn't say these to me. I thought, oh Lord, if this is the only, if I can pass it, Amen. I'd like to see her in heaven. Amen. I know I won't. I'm surprised Amen. she hasn't left the track to I'm surprised she hasn't left a track or some kind of literature because I was going to say when you paid her, put a little Bible verse and put a hold of my put the one. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, she, she's the only thing she's ever brought me was um, at Easter time they have um, some celebration and they um, and she brought me their little brochure, not the one they would leave at the door, but it was you know think about coming. Well, they had it. The same time that we had um, our Good Friday service, and I was like, if I go to that, I did. I may go another time, but I thought, you know, I definitely don't want to offend her because that's not what Jesus would do to offend her. But I thought, well, you know, that's might work. Just, just keep praying. Pray. Pray. Just pray, pray, pray. I mean, prayer is the engine. Just pray constantly when she's in your home and that you'd reveal to her. Oh, absolutely. He doesn't want Second Peter. Lord, you don't want anybody to perish. You want anybody to come to know you. She's deceived right now. Right? Do you have a regular schedule where you put on her calendar and say, you know, we'll pray for That's right. Good idea. What day does she show up? Well, she was there. Um, what days does she usually show up? Every other Thursday. Right? There you go. She was just there last Thursday. So. Just keep praying for her. Just pray Thursday. Amen. Okay, keep praying for her. My uh, Donald came back for the third time. Thank you, Lord. Um, brought somebody else. He has left me notes on my door when I haven't been home. Tim stuff, which he did not receive because it blew away, but this last time he, he came, he came with a woman who every time I asked him something and I said, how did you feel about the last conversation? He said, I went to Revelations and I looked up what because I have on here, which I can send to you, it's um, how to witness to Jehovah Witnesses uh, one, two, and three. And it's, you know, you have to go to this, and you have to go to this. It's, you know, the, the, for idiots, for dummies. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, and what you want them to know is that Jehovah, you know, yeah. Jehovah is and, Yeah, gone. amen. And that's when they'll believe that there's a trinity once that happens. But do believe we all were without Christ at one point. I mean, so, you know, I mean, and, and we're not too far from re- him reaching us. I mean, you know, and and what reaches us is all the people who are praying for us and asking us and, and sharing with us. And, and God reveals himself, reveals him. He's the hound of heaven. He's always going after. He's always going after. He loves them. He's always going after. And we've all been there. So, you know, where grace abounds, where, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. He's always going after us. So, you know, he loves the human agents being involved in you know, bringing him along to the kingdom, right? So, absolutely. And especially when we're talking about, you know, the end times. So, thanks for sharing. Let's let's go into this, um, the everlasting contempt, where it says, some are to shame and everlasting contempt, okay? The terror of hell never ends. You realize that, right? It never ends, okay? There's no blissful annihilation, okay? Um, after some period of punishment. I know that um, some churches are now teaching that. That is a, that's false teaching, okay? Um, there is no... Um, modified annihilation that teaches that unjustified sinners are sent to hell and then they live in torment for a while and then their beings uh, perish for eternity. That's not true. That's not true. 
That's a lie from the pit of hell. Okay? The Word of God does not say that. The Word of God says it's an everlasting contempt. Revelation 20 verse 10 that we read (coughs) describes eternal punishment for the devil and for the Antichrist. Right? For the devil and for the Antichrist. Okay? So there'd be no way possible in the Greek language to state more emphatically that everlasting punishment of the lost, okay, is mentioning both day and night, day and night, all the time. Expression of forever and ever and ever. Day and night is an expression of forever and ever. Meaning literally in the Greek, ages to ages to ages to ages. Doesn't stop. (coughs) Just like grace is, you know, grace upon grace upon grace upon grace, how it doesn't stop. Same thing with this. Same thing with this. Okay? So, logically, logically, hell must be eternal because it's where imperfect human beings must pay a continual penalty for their sins because they can never make the perfect payment. Right? Can we ever make the perfect payment? No. So you'd have to be continually paying for your sins. Okay? And the principles behind the Old Testament sacrifice... The Old Testament sacrifice remind us that imperfect payment for sins must be a continual payment for sins. Right? That's why they had to continue paying for their sin with the, with the lamb, with the oxen, with the dove, with this. Right? They were continually paying until Jesus came, the perfect payment, and was slain for the world. Okay? So, logically even, it makes sense. So... It says, um, C.S. Lewis, as I was reading him about, about hell, I was reading, you know, remember C.S. Lewis was an atheist and he was bound and determined to tell everybody that, you know, there is no God. And then, of course, God revealed himself as he kept me ready. He says, if you seek me, you're going to what? Find me. And he kept going after, going after, and God revealed to himself and he, right, stepped into the big red bus, stepped out of it, knowing Jesus, right? So, C.S. Lewis says this about hell. Excuse me. Judgment consists in the very fact that men prefer darkness rather than light. Judgment consists in the very fact that men prefer darkness to light. And that not God, but God's word judges men. The characteristic of lost souls is their rejection of everything that is not simply themselves. Did you get that? Hold on. The characteristic of lost souls is their rejection of everything that is not simply themselves. And then what happens is they have their wish to live wholly in themselves and to make the best of what they find there and what they find there is hell. Where, where is that, C.S. Um, the principles of pain. Okay. The principles of pain. I mean, remember, Jeremiah says, our heart is what? Deceitful and desperately wicked. Who could know it? Right? And so men prefer darkness rather than light. So judgment consists in the very fact 
that men prefer darkness rather than light. Okay? And then he goes on to say in verse 2, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Okay? And so we talked about that. The, the, the resurrected, right? Many resurrected. Okay? That means all resurrected. Okay? And the Bible states that all are raised, but not all at the same time. Just like I talked about. There is the first group. There's the second group. There's the third group. Okay? They state that all are resurrected, but not all at the same time or in the same manner. That's in Revelation 25 through 6. Okay? That we read in the beginning of our class. All right? So... Um, Charles Spurgeon says this, The wicked also shall come forth, meaning be resurrected like we talked about, but by another principle and for another purpose. They shall come out of their graves like filthy toads against this terrible storm. That's over yet? I want you to share Jesus with people and be Jesus and live a holy conduct of life. It should. Verse 3 says, there is a promise for the righteous. <clears throat> those who are wise <clears throat> shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Is that sweet? Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. Right? Those who live in God's wisdom. Right? Do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. Right? You're in God's word. Right? We'll shine. See, we don't shine. He shines through us as we obey. Right? He, he's the light in us. Right? He, he is the light in us. And darkness has to obey light. And so what we do is we shine. Okay? And so despite all of this difficulty and all the calamity that's coming against Israel, okay, God has those who are wise and they will shine. There's always a remnant, right? There's always, there's always those that will, that will stay and will shine. Okay? And those, and those who turn many to righteousness will shine like what? The stars will shine like the stars, okay? So here, the wise among God's people are those who turn many to righteousness. And then they shine like the stars. See, all of God's people, all of us you know, who know Jesus, all right, are, are in a sense, you know, in a sense, we all, we all radiate light, right? Because he is the light in us. We all radiate light, okay? And so we help others find their way just by our very being. That we radiate light, okay? But those of us who are purposeful and sober about turning many to righteousness, right? Because there are two things that last forever. The Word of God and you and me. That's it. Everything else, I was reading in Psalm, it's like you came with nothing, you're going with nothing. Right? Two things last forever. Okay? So those of us who turn many to righteousness, he says, shines even brighter shines even brighter, helping even more people find the way to the light. Right? Because you're shining brighter. Right? When you go out in a, on our fortnight, right, when we go out, we do that wonderful, on Thursday night if you come, we do this lantern walk, and then, and then um, um, who is it that shows us the, who's the creation dude, Becca? Michael. Michael Lane. He shows us, you know, Pleiades and all these, and you're just like, oh, right? I mean, you stand and you look at all these stars because there's no ambient lights. You just sit there and look. You guys, you see the stars that are what? The brightest. That are the brightest. There are millions, there are hosts and hosts and hosts of stars, right? But you see those that are the brightest. Okay? That's what he's saying. Those people are going to shine like the stars. Don't you want to shine like the stars? When you look up and you're, you know, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord, right? That's who you are. 
right? Declaring the glory of the Lord, okay? And he says, um, he says, um, forever and ever. You know, he does it forever and ever. Okay, now, this promise that he says applies to all wise, all those who want to walk, and all who turn those to righteousness, even now, okay, through all the ages. But in the specific time that he's talking about here, we're talking about the tribulation, okay, the application is the 144,000, the 144,000 evangelists from Israel's tribes, okay, during the tribulation. You can read all about that in Revelation 7. Okay, it'll be 144,000, which will be the remnant, which will be like the little Paulettes, right? That are going out, shining like the stars, shining like the stars, right? And that people will come to know the truth through them, and the truth will set them free. The truth will set them free, okay? They will teach God's word, okay, during the tribulation. There'll be great deal of persecution, great deal of courage. That, you know, courage is what? Fear that said its prayers, Joe Briscoe says, right? I mean, that's what it is. Courage, fear that said its prayers. And they will go out and they'll preach God's word and they'll share the good news, right, with others. My question to us is, why not now? Why don't we do that now? Why just then when it's the last chance? Why not now? Right? That should be only two things last forever. Word of God. And people, I will never forget, that was the thing that the Lord, when I, I left the agency, he kept saying, Margo, you need to leave this agency. You need to leave the agency. You've been there 20 years. It doesn't matter what you're earning, what it is. I'll, you know what? You need to leave the agency because there are only two things that last forever. The Word of God and people. And I want you to invest your life in it. So I fought with him for a year. And thankfully he won. Thankfully he won. That's it. People in the Word of God. Right? And you keep on keeping on. Okay? And so he says, forever and ever. In other words, the brightness of God's wise ones and those who turn many to righteousness will last forever and ever and ever and ever. It won't fade. It won't fade. Even in heaven. It won't fade. It'll last forever and ever and ever, okay? It endures. So many other things that we put our effort into will succeed for a time, will succeed temporarily, right? It will succeed maybe, you know, just on this earth, right? Maybe there'll be a temporary shine to it, all right? But it's worth it to invest our lives into the things that will last forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And that's you and me and the Word of God. Last forever. That's it. And then guess what? You can't make yourself shine. He, he just shines, right? It, like John 14 says. He doesn't want you to have just some fruit. He wants you to have what? Much. Much fruit. You're supposed to be the shiny guy. Right? In with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? Shine. That you're a shine. <coughs> Shining like the stars. And then he goes on to verse 4 with the conclusion of the book. All right? It starts at verse 4. He gives his angels telling Daniel, remember where we are now, he's telling Daniel, he's giving him instructions to seal the book. Okay, he says, now, but you, Daniel, shut, <coughs> excuse me, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Okay, he tells him to shut up the words and seal the book. Shut up the words implies the words should be kept safely until the time when they're needed kept safely until the time when they were needed. And seal the book has this double sense uh, of authenticity. Okay? In other words, you're, this, here's the message, now preserve it. 
Now preserve it. Okay? And so, and you preserve it until the time of what? The end. The time of the end. So Daniel's prophecy was, um, was, was certainly, you know, some value in his day. We've learned about that. But the more value is in the time to come, right? Is in until the time of the end, okay? Because there would come a day, the time of the end, when his prophecy would be even of more importance. Therefore, it was important for him to shut up the words and to seal the book until the time of the end, okay? So we must wait until the time of the end, and it appears, you know, following calculations, that it will not arrive before this century, because here we are, okay? Because here we are, okay? And we see, we see the reason why these prophecies are, are so, um, how do I want to explain this? Um, they're not perfectly understood. They're imperfectly understood, okay? Because it's not the time of the end yet, which when we will see as he sees. Okay? And so they're imperfectly understood. Because who has sealed them? God. God has sealed them. God has sealed them. Just like he sealed the ark. Who shut the door on the ark? Right? He waited 100 years. He kept, Noah kept preaching. They kept, come, 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 come. Only the family got on. Right? And I'm, I am sure it's because Noah made them. I'm sure it's, you're my favorite. Get in here. I'm sure of it. Oh yeah, right. You're a lunatic, Dad. You're the same. Get in here. I'm sure of it. Kind of like what we need to be. And then what, exactly. And then they closed. And then uh oh. Uh oh. Okay. Until the time of the end. Okay. God has sealed them. And then he says, "Many shall run to and fro, and the knowledge shall increase." Okay. So now Daniel's describing a characteristic of the end, the time of the end. Okay. Um, like knowledge shall increase. Some people take that as like an information explosion kind of thing. Some people take, you know, run to and fro as, as um, being fulfilled in travel, etc. But um, it, it really has more, when I was studying it in the, in, the, in the Hebrew, it really has more of an idea of searching after knowledge. Searching after knowledge, okay? And, and they will search through and through and... Therefore, the knowledge itself will be increased. Okay, they'll, they'll be able to see it increased more and more. Okay, and so um, Daniel has revealed enough to us from Daniel eleven thirty six through Daniel twelve three that we already see this about the end of time. Okay, in closing, we see a world ruler who is utterly opposed to God. Right. We see that. We see a world religion based on the abomination of desolation, what's going to happen in the temple in Jerusalem. Okay, we see that. We see a world war, okay, which um, defeats the ruler. We see a time of great tribulation for Israel. Uh, We see um, during the trib. We see deliverance for the people of God after the tribulation. We see resurrection. We see judgment, and we see the reward of the righteous. Okay? So, when you're looking at, you know, Daniel 12, 1 through 4, I want you to just take away these, these three things that, that God's really laid on my heart. Just these three things. Man likes to honor the famous, doesn't he? 
Man, oh yeah. Oh come on. Oh American Idol and this and that and you got the sports and you got everything. Okay, and man loves to honor the famous. And guess what? You soon forget him. Can you remember who uh, won everything at the? I, I mean, we love the Olympics. Can you remember who won? Rarely, rarely. Okay, and we soon forget him. Okay, but God honors what the unknown, and He never forgets him. Right? Man honors the known. Man honors all the you know the big shots, the famous, and then we soon forget him. But God honors the unknown because He sees your heart. Right? He sees your heart. Okay, and He never forgets you. He will never forget you. Hebrews 6.10 says this. Hebrews 6.10 God is, God is not unjust so as to forget your work and, and, and the love which you have shown toward his name and in having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. God is not unjust so as to forget your your work and the love which you have shown toward his name in having ministered and is still ministering to the saints. There he says it. He doesn't forget. He doesn't forget. Wouldn't you rather work for God than for man? So Colossians 3 says, you're working for the Lord, not for what? Not for man, exactly. You're working for the Lord, not for man. All right, so... We can, we can have that hope in that, that God doesn't forget. Number two... Man gives his rewards now. Don't you think? I mean, right? I mean, we want rewards now. We want the immediate. We want the rewards now. Okay. God saves the rewards to when? Later. Later. Right? He's a long-suffering God. Sometimes we want him now, don't we? Want him now, want him now. No, no. He saves the rewards to later. Okay? And when I think about it, how much better to receive an imperishable imperishable, cannot perish, cannot pass away, okay? Reward for God when I'm in heaven with him. Huh? Then the temporary that's going to pass away? Right? That's what he does. We get rewards now. God saves them until later. Until later. Matthew 6, 19-21 talks about that. And Hebrews 11, 13-16 tells us about that. Matthew 6, 19-21 in Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. And lastly, our method, man's method, is connected with time. Because we are, you know, time animals, right? It's connected with time, okay? God's is connected with eternity. Remember, he's outside of time. He's outside of time. God's is connected with eternity. Our methods are connected with time. His isn't. His, his ways are in our ways and his, he's, he's outside of it. And his methods are connected with eternity. You guys, we are a little tiny mist, the Word of God says. We're here today, gone tomorrow. Here today, gone tomorrow. If we got that through our head, that we're here today, gone tomorrow, you wouldn't live for today. You would live for the day. You would live for eternity. You would live for things that make the difference. You would live for, you know, investing in the Word of God in people. You would live, yes, does He expect you to work and toil and this and that and that? Yes, yes. But that's not your purpose. That's just what we need to do to go through this earth. Your purpose is to invest in the Word of God and each other so that we can shine like stars in the universe, not only here, but there. You guys, it's a win win situation. 
It's always win-win with God. Always. Always. Man does it this way. And God's like, nope, not so much. This doesn't really matter. Remember the Bama seat when some of you guys watched that with us? Okay, the Bama seat. Remember? Remember Daniel is working for now, working for now, working for now. Peter Briscoe played Daniel. He's working for now. You know, big corporate dude, big this, big that and everything. And remember the little sweet cleaning lady? Talking about cleaning ladies. Was working for then. Was working for the day, not today. Picking up those pictures, wiping them off, all of Daniel's kids, praying over them, praying over them, praying over them, praying over them. What happened? When she got to the Bama seat, her name was Maria, I think. Maria did more for Daniel's kids on earth through her prayers than Daniel the father ever did. Wow. That's living for the day. Right? In the eternity past, here's our little life. Boop. Eternity future. That's it. Why do we make this little boop our everything? It isn't. We're in God's training room. We're in his waiting room. We're just being trained for the real deal. Right? We're just passing through. And as we pass through, man, I want to be able to touch everybody he brings my way. And if you don't have that desire, ask him. What do you think he'll say? No, I'm sorry. I'd rather have you living for yourself. He'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. Because you're going to find out at the end of Daniel what the end is, what the reward is next week. This week, I want you to go through and, and, and read this, but I also want you to do one other thing. It won't take you long, but I want you to... I, those of you who have taken notes, I want you to look back through your notes, and I want you to have one or two or three takeaways from Daniel 1 through 12 that God just laid in your heart. Just, wow, this is something that really, you know, whether it was... Um, in Daniel 1, when we learn, you know, 1 through 6, when we learn all the history and all that stuff and all the, you know, how God's miracles and what he was doing and everything, or whether it's in the prophecy area, it doesn't make any difference. Just, I want you to go back and look at your notes or just look at the book of Daniel, read it, and write down two or three takeaways that have changed your life this year. Because when you do that, you'll be able to go, wow, this is important to me for now. It's relevant now. It's not about the future. It's not about this. It's, it's relevant now and how I'm changed by the living Christ in me now. Okay? So, so, and if you haven't been in Daniel, just read the book of Daniel. and It'll take you right through it. Okay? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just come to you and I just thank you that, um, oh God, I just praise you for um, your word. I was just in Job this morning, Lord. Oh, and how your words, your words are more pleasant to me than even my sustenance, Job said. Even the very sustenance that, that keeps me physically alive. I just pray that for every one of us here, Lord. That your word would be more pleasant more real, more sustaining in our lives than the very sustenance we need to live.
Lord, help us to be a Daniel. Help us to live with that subtle assurance, that reassurance that you are in control. I mean settled assurance, not we hope you're in control. We know. And I thank you that we can um, walk through this earth making a difference in your kingdom. That's purpose. That's joy. You tell us that uh, when we lose our life, it's then when we find it. And so, Lord, I, I ask that you don't leave us alone until we come to the end of ourself and the end of perhaps some sin in our life, Lord, and, and we want that to be our rally cry. So, Jesus, uh, take us through the week. Uh, we love you. We praise you. We thank you that you illuminate our heart and our mind and that um, we are so thankful that you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through you. Lord, help us to be Jesus people that just shine as stars, stars in the universe. And that people want to know why we shine so brightly. And we be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that your word is truth. And your word sets us free. And that your promises, you're the covenant-keeping God and that your promises will ring true not only in the Old Testament and the New Testament and the century that we live in now, but it'll ring true forever and ever and ever. When we're in the Millennial Kingdom, when we're raptured out of here, when there's a new heaven and a new earth, it will still ring true. And so we praise you, Lord. We praise you that we can walk in the good of that right now and in the joy of the Lord as our strength. Reveal yourself more and more to us, Lord, so we can... uh, Walk by our faith. And our faith would starve our fears and it would um, shut up our, our feelings, Lord. Thank you. Uh, thank you that our very being is in you. And so take us through this week rejoicing in what you have for us. And we just praise your name. 